Well, welcome everybody to today's episode of the Independent Teacher Podcast. And I'm really pleased to be joined by Simran Debner. Hello, Simran. Hi. Now, we are going to be talking about you going off to university, studying computer science. And I think we should tell our listeners that you didn't actually study computer science at school. I suppose I've always kind of gravitated more towards, you know, maths and science at school. And I really like the practical application of those subjects. So I took maths, first maths, physics and chemistry at A-level for that reason. But for the longest time, I actually wanted to do engineering, Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of very maths and physics heavy. Um, But actually closer to UCAS season, I realised that I didn't enjoy physics as much as I probably should Mm -hmm. um, if I was going to do engineering. Um, So I kind of thought to myself, you know, what's more maths based? And that's when I thought of computer science and it kind of like clicked with me then. And, you know, I can't imagine myself doing anything else now. Uh, So, yeah, I've really enjoyed my first year of studying and haven't looked back since. So that's good. I know we are going to come on and talk about engineering. And obviously you've been an Arkwright scholar. But going back to computer science, doing it at university, what is the gender ratio on your course? Um, So I think at KCL, it's about 80-20 male to females. I remember on my first day of lectures, actually, looking for you know, all the girls in my course, and I could barely see any. I think my whole block was all guys, which is a bit unnerving. But I think, you know what, coming from an all-girls school, mm. you know, where I think we were quite sheltered, and there was a lot of advocacy for women in STEM. I didn't think much of it then, but when I did go to university, it hit me, and I think it took me aback a little. But I'm used to it now, which is good. <laughs> How, how can schools encourage more girls to consider studying computer science at university? I honestly think, you know, um, just more exposure from a younger age, I think, is what we need. Um, because there's so many opportunities, especially businesses nowadays, you know, they're doing so many programs for young people and especially young girls to get into technology. And I think just making sure that students are more aware of those mm. opportunities would be really important. And you know teaching computer science or programming from younger age and you know really exposing people to see if they like it or not and you know if you don't like it that's fine and if you do great so yeah more of that I think. And what for you would be the best bits of a computer science course for younger students what would really inspire them do you think? From what I know younger people prefer web development and essay picture side of things so they can see what they're doing and like see how what they're programming is changing as they go along um I think they kind of enjoy the visuals side of it tell me about this post that you've got you're the vice president of the society for women in computer science so what does that entail what I'm really trying to bring to the society is more exposure to the journeys that women in the tech industry have been through and kind of, you know, how they got there and what struggles they faced. Because it is daunting going into a male-dominated industry. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think talking about it is so important. So I'm currently organising an event with Amazon. And I was talking to one of the solutions architects there. And she said to me, like, she didn't have a technology background at all before going into the job. And you would have thought that, you know, that's a that's an odd thing to have applied for without having a tech background so I guess breaking those misconceptions is what I'm aiming for Mm -hmm. but 
I do think that as computer science students, we're very conditioned to think that, oh, you need to have these skills and know these many languages, but that's just not true at all. And I think it's something we worry about too much, if anything. So it's breaking down the barriers, really, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Like I said, the technology industry is very intimidating. Um, I think, you know, going from someone who hasn't done much before doing a degree. Um, so just making sure that everyone really knows what the industry is about. Did you ever ever have any second thoughts then? You know, you talk about it can be the tech, tech industry can be really intimidating. You know, when you walked into that lecture theatre, did you ever think, oh, I don't know if this is for me? Oh, 100%. I remember thinking, I don't know anything. Loads of people here already know how to program. I was very nervous. And, you know, I had imposter syndrome about it because it's just one of those things that you're in a new place and you think that you're not kind of worthy of being there because you don't have as much knowledge. But that's just not true. And I think I very quickly picked up. And if anything, it kind of convinced me to work harder because I was like you know I need to represent (laughs) I suppose like you know the women in this course Uh, so yeah that I guess that was my motivation. So you've recently taken part in the first Women in Engineering Insight program run by BA Systems. What did that entail and what encouraged you to take part in it? So we had a lot of female speakers Mm. talk about the roles that they were in And I think the emphasis was really trying to get more women into the business. They said that 22% of their global workforce is female, which is, you know, shocking, but not surprising. Mm. So it's good that they did this program to raise those numbers, I guess. I'm trying to keep my options open. And, you know, I I was thinking of doing engineering for a while. So I don't want to completely disregard that. It's always good to try things. So I thought I'd see what this business did and what roles I might be suited to. And what did they say about imposter syndrome? Yes, yeah. I think this is one of my favourite sessions, actually. So many people suffer from it. Mm. And I don't think it's talked about enough, Mm. especially, well, from what I've experienced, at least. They made us list what things we liked about ourselves and what skills we had. And then they made us do it about one of our friends. And the list for our friends would be typically much longer than the list for ourselves. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, Because, you know, we're so quick to see the good in others, but maybe not ourselves. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, just appreciating that. Now, going back to school, you were an Arkwright Scholar, which is really prestigious. So I think the process of applying for the Arkwright Scholarship was already really valuable. Um, I think it emulated the university process um, quite well. So I had to do a technical kind of exam and then I moved. I did an interview as well. Um, So already that process was really helpful. But in terms of what it gave me, it gave so many experiences. Um, I managed to do work experience at Jaguar Land Rover Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of showed me new things which I didn't even know existed and I think it really these types of experience really help you decide you know what you do like and what you don't and I think because I hadn't really had much knowledge in engineering before it opened a lot of new doors for me and it's great to talk talk to other people who are in the same position as you Mm -hmm. so they had a lot of connect days where we'd meet other Arkwright scholars and we'd talk about you know things that we had in common and my sponsor was really helpful and they provided me with the experience too. I did the engineering education scheme. That's what drew me to this type of industry 
in the first place I think in terms of A-level subjects they kind of prepare you for university but these types of programs prepare you more for you know what's like your future like your career Mm. I don't think A-level content really helped with university that much Mm. and I don't think it will help in in my future career Mm. um like for any jobs that I do but I reckon these experiences that I've done um they've given me skills which are probably more useful for real life Mm. you know in industry when I do get a job Mm. um yeah I think I've definitely gained more from those than A levels as bad as that sounds well no I mean it, it doesn't sound bad because there's so much discussion at the moment that's taking place in education about whether the systems we've got are really preparing our young people for the 21st century and the careers that they're going to follow. And, you know, your A-levels give you a skill that helps you to do research and maybe pass exams and acquire knowledge. But does it prepare you for your career? And I think what you're saying is probably not. Uh, And there's nothing wrong in that. I don't think they do teach you how to, you know, get skills that you'd use later on in your life. I definitely think it's more about passing exams. Mm. So I'm going to, we're going to go back to school and... What do you remember most fondly about your time at school? Oh, gosh, so many things, honestly. I always enjoyed lessons, but I think, oddly enough, the moments I really look back on are stuff that happened, like, outside the classroom. Mm. Um, So, like, you know, just school trips, missing days off, or to do sports or whatever. (laughs) Um, But also things which are just, like, so quintessentially KHS, like cake sales or karaoke, and definitely music concerts. Love the music concerts. So... Yeah, I played the trumpet, so I was thankfully allowed in quite a few of the bands. And I think we're so privileged to have that kind of teaching by our teachers. Were there any teachers yeah. there at the school who particularly inspired you? Um, honestly, I've had so many teachers and they've all been so lovely. Yeah. I think maybe not a specific teacher, but I generally think the maths department mm. um, was amazing. I think they really got me through my A-levels and in terms of inspiring they're all just so motivating and they really work you hard they really do but Mm. it's so rewarding at the end of it Mm. and I really loved my maths class that I was in Mm. um so I think that was one of the highlights of like my A-level experience yeah um but I I don't think a specific teacher comes to mind I don't think (laughs) okay do you have any advice for students who are leaving the, the sixth form, going to university, you know, you've, you've, you've been very successful in that first year. What, what would you say to them? Um, I, you know, what I'd say not to worry too much about not knowing things before you go or maybe like falling behind in content because you're most definitely not alone. Mm-hmm. And I think even though it might be a big step up from school, everyone's going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're starting university. It's meant to be a fun, exciting chapter in your life. So <laughs> I guess just enjoy it whilst you can. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, is it different to school? Do they have to prepare in a different way? I think because you spend your A-levels kind of knowing yourself and knowing how you revise, I think if you're confident in that, stick to it. Otherwise, you still have time to, you know, adjust. Good. Now, we're coming to the end of our conversation, and I want to come back to you. So, looking Mm -hmm. ahead... Do you have any idea at all about the direction you want to take once you complete your degree? 
which is in 2024. It seems such a long way off that, 2024. And you, you may not have an answer to that. Gosh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not too sure at the moment. Um, I think there's so many things I could go into. And if there's something I've learned recently is to just kind of take things step by step. Mm. And, you know, technology is such a big field. So I'm trying to keep my options open for as long as I can get away with it, really. <laughs> um, but I'm hoping like experiences like the ones we've mentioned um, will help me kind of decide which area I want to go into. And I'm hoping something will click with me in the next couple of years. Uh, but yeah, nothing at the moment. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. As you say, you just don't know what's going to happen in the future. And uh, I think it's just yeah. taking every day as, as it comes and enjoying um, your your time at university, your course, and all the the social aspects of, of university life as well, and of course yeah. you're you're going to manage to do this in a almost like a post COVID world, aren't you as well? Because I think people who yeah. were at university a couple of years ago, it's pretty tough for them because you know it was all online lectures, it was really hard, and you've kind of not had that so much, have you? No, not at all. I've been, I think, I've been really lucky. Um, almost all my lectures were on campus while they did give the option of online recordings but I did try to go into campus as much as I could because you know like you said the year above and two years above they weren't as lucky so I tried to make the most of it Mm. Um, but yeah I've been very lucky with my university experience. Well Simon it's been absolutely fantastic catching up with you lots of interesting points that you've raised there imposter syndrome having the confidence to believe in yourself and I think also being up for you know pushing women forward in in areas of technology or engineering so it sounds like you're doing a great job and and really uh, it's been a privilege to talk to you today to catch up with no, you thank you it's been great talking to you brilliant thank you ever so much of thank you you have been listening to the independent teacher podcast if you like listening to this podcast please consider giving us a five-star rating either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.